and welcome to Wing It Podcast, Episode 7, Travelling with Tom Osborne, Part 2. Let's crack on. So we've done a bit of Europe, a few, a few things in there. Um, Southeast Asia, where have you travelled in Southeast Asia? Uh, so I did kind of the classic sort of British sort of backpacker route. Um, yeah. I Just after I finished uni, yeah, so 2011, so I went with a good mate of mine from uni, it was just the two of us, we did Thailand. Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos. Um, yeah, classic route. Absolutely yeah. classic. Stable. Exactly. Um, and we, we decided, you know, we did want to see, we, we didn't want to go just for like a, a boozy like, holiday. We actually wanted to see some things. Um, but kind of relates to kind of what Adam spoke about in his podcast. You know, you and, and yourself, you quickly, although you're aware about sort of scammers in Thailand, you can't really avoid them until you get scammed basically yes um it's, it's just one of those things that's gonna happen you have to accept it it's like deli belly it's gonna happen mate yeah i mean yeah. the plus side is when, when we went the first day we were in bangkok we got a tuk-tuk and we were told uh we'll take you to the thai factory because it's the the queen the queen mother's birthday or something and we were like i what like you have a queen <laughs> and I, was, I thought britain was the only country that cared about queen mother <laughs> um, so we were like uh well tie factory like what what do you mean tie factory basically they took us to a factory where they were like we'll make you a suit um That's and it. the guy i was with matt he was like, okay well actually I'll, I'll have a suit and i was like well i don't want a suit but yeah you go and i was sort of sitting there like waiting and they kept coming up like oh you want do you want do you want a suit maybe in this fabric or this fabric and i was like no no i don't want a suit and they were so persistent you know would not take no for an answer in the end i was like fine fuck's sake i'll buy a damn suit just i, I crumbled yeah um that's but actually, having said that in the end that suit lasted me for years and it was the nicest suit i've ever had because and the cheapest yeah. yeah it was tailor-made so they take all your measurements then and there um we obviously then went off did our bits around the rest of southeast asia um we came back to bangkok before we went to Lao. And when we did, they said, come in and so we can check, you know, you, you can check things out, how, how it measures up. Yeah. So I did that. And then they said, okay, well, all you need to do now is just come and pick it up before you leave. And in fact, mm-hmm. the day before we went home, we came back to, to the UK, uh, they had them sent out to the, ho- the hostel we were staying in. Oh, nice. So they actually, they actually for, for a scam, whatever it was, they gave... Some, the, the suits were really nice and they were completely legitimate and actually when I think about it it cost me 90 pounds yeah similar to what we paid in Vietnam yeah. well, I paid in Vietnam yeah. anyway if you had that in England you would not get a tailor-made suit for 90 quid you'd be talking you know three four hundred pounds probably for something as much as that so like yeah it is I mean the scam is the only part on the way there but actually if you do want a suit don't do it like the scam is just getting roped into it but actually in terms of investment over the years, it's worth doing. And the first time I went, I didn't get anything done. But two or three years ago, when me and Emma went to Southeast Asia, I think Vietnam, the place where Top Gear got their suits, whatever it was, in Hoi An. Yeah, Hoi An. Um, I went there to get a suit. And it's still, I think I'm going to wear it next year. So um, for some wedding. So it's still on the go. Um, yeah, so I... It makes it sound bad, but the scam is just that you get put in a tuk-tuk to go somewhere and they say, actually, we'll go to a shop and it annoys you. But if it's actually something that you might think you want, 
just go for it and it's not it's not a bad thing yeah in the end it was okay um and you know as you kind of alluded to in one of your previous podcasts bangkok is such an attack on the senses when you get there yes like so in your face like I, even that the smell when you're walking down smell, street, yeah. it's like really i can't even describe it it's just like a mixture of like food like so many different types of food there's yeah. like kind of like like sweaty kind of smell <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's sweaty yeah yeah. yeah, and I remember obviously the humidity was off the charm. We went in August, so it's like oh, humid as hell anywhere. Yeah. Um, and we, so I think we only stayed one or two two nights there initially, or maybe three nights. Um, and one of the things as well that sort of struck me was kind of the uh, uh, kind of the disparity between like, the rich and the poor, mm. obviously we kind of uh, take for granted the fact that in the UK we have a welfare system. Yeah. They don't have that in Thailand. No. Um, and we we ended up going to one of the shopping malls there and they are so opulent. Uh, they are beautifully clean. Obviously, Brand. the yeah. part of Bangkok will go yeah. there. I remember thinking outside, there was this, this poor woman begging. She was blind. She had like one, like, an amputee below the knee and she had a child's who was literally like crawling around in the dirt and you just think they're so stark between like what she has and what the rest of the people have. It, it, it was, it's actually sort of quite upsetting really when you, you sort of think about it, like how, how different life is for, for some people out there. It, it was, I know it sounds a bit kind of naive to say it, but it was really shocking um, when you actually see it firsthand. Uh, and, you know, we also, <laughs> kind of went into that um we followed that kind of classic i western idea of going to a ping pong show because you think oh i've heard what these are yeah. we'll go um and actually you know what you do is you end up lying in the pockets of some pimp who pimp is, is grim yeah who is you know sort of take, using these poor girls to kind of rake in money and i remember one of these girls telling us when we were there you know she's oh yeah i'm, I'm moving to london I've got a boyfriend there and he's going to look after me. And I remember looking to Matt, my friend, and being like, you, yeah, where you're going. If you think you're going to London, then I dread to think of what kind of conditions you're actually going to in London. And I would be very doubtful as this man is actually going to be kind to you. And yeah, that you kind of see the roots of kind of slavery, don't you? Yeah. And I can't, yeah, we both can't change what we've done in Bangkok in terms of those shows, but we can make people aware and at the time, like you say, you think, oh, it's great in a group. Yeah, let's go ping pong show. But, and you go, but even during that 20 minutes at the show, we all start to realise that oh, this is actually grim. I mean, I said before we left early, but yeah, I mean, there's some parts of Asia that's like that, unfortunately. And I actually miss Bangkok as a place. It's a great place to visit, but the culture shock is actually diff- It's more hardcore than somewhere like India. So Bang- yeah. I found Bangkok more like westernised a few years ago. And it's like, oh, I found it just not as in your face anymore and even not as poor um but india's like a different level and that's like the next level up like maybe it's bangkok 10 years ago um but in 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 terms of cities bangkok is great to visit so many things to go and see um it's gonna be hot it's gonna be sweaty it's gonna be the smell you could get scammed if you like but it's all worth it and it's worth a visit yeah it was it was it was like just one of those places i guess you have to sort of you have to go really to kind of to experience it properly it's not it's not really like anywhere else I've been, actually. Um, and 
you know, we, we went from there, we went, we traveled a lot by those buses, you know, buses, yeah, classic Asia buses, yeah, yeah. Buses. Have, oh, I mean, if we, if we went, we got, we left early in the morning in Bangkok, sort of maybe like 8 a.m. Uh, to go to Cambodia, uh, and that was to Siem Reap, yes, yeah, by the border, from, yeah, when the fake border, <laughs> yeah, that was it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think we probably got duped on the way there as well because, like, the tour guide um, or the person who took us on the bus, I mean, that I can't remember how long the bus ride was there, but it was a good 12 hours or so. I yeah, it's long, long, long trek. Um, and I remember we got to the border, and the guy was like, Oh, yeah, you can come across, you can also give me some money if you like. And we we're like, um, uh, What for? Uh, yeah, I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> Okay, sure. And we gave him some. Is it real? I think in yep. camp, the camp currency. Yeah. Gave him some of that. And like, I remember him being like, "Oh, I couldn't even buy chewing gum with this." And I was like, uh, <laughs> "Okay, sorry." <Pull> <laughs> uh, have a bit more then, if you want. Uh, you just feel bad. I'm not one. Yeah. Of, I'm, I'm terrible in Asia as well because when it comes to like, bartering things, I'm so weak. Yeah. Someone be like, "Always oh, say no." I'm pretty yeah. ruthless at it. I'm terrible. I'm the opposite. Someone says to me, "Oh, it costs four dollars." I'd be like, "Okay, nah, one." Whereas my mate would be like, "What the hell are you doing? Why are you spending four dollars on sandals? You can get them for like fifty cents equivalent." And I was like, hey, I, yeah. "I don't know. I'm just awful at it." Um, but uh, that, that yeah. border is stressful though because I think I remember the bus dropped us off early, and we were warned by the staff at the hostel that we stayed in that yeah, there's a fake border and you need to ignore that and go through the fake border to the real border. Um, but the driver just, just did not help. As soon as he got to like before the fake border, he kicked us off, and then he said, "Yeah, away you go." And I remember as a group, we were standing there like oh, people kept coming up to us, like, "I'll take you through." We didn't believe anyone, but we didn't know where to go. We're like, "Oh, what do we do?" So me and Mike, who was traveling, were like, oh, "Fuck it, we'll, we'll just take one guy's like word for it." And this guy's like, "No, no, no, I promise you, we'll go through fake border. Then I'll take you to the real border. You come through, you get your visa. I'll be the other side. I'll get your taxi." And we're like, "Oh, do we believe this guy? We've been told about the scam. Blah blah blah." But we got to the, it was getting dark, so we were delayed. So I thought, oh, I'll just go and we trust this geezer. And we got away with it because we got through the border and he was there the other side and he got us a taxi shared with two other backpackers to see him. And it was exactly what he said in terms of price. So it's actually a pretty smooth tran- transaction in the end. Yeah. I guess if you're just on your own wandering about, oh, that's the real border and you can pay your fees at the fake border. Yeah, it's well, an easy yeah. scam. I think from what, from what I can remember, we, the bus that we had took us straight. Like you had to get off to sort of cross the border. Then it took us. You get you get back on. It took us all the way to Siem Reap. Oh, really? You got uh, you, you got that classic. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the only concern we had as well was that obviously it was one of those big sort of coaches where they have uh, you put your baggage underneath, and we'd heard some sort of grim stories about people hiding in there and like stealing your stuff. So yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. A lot of the time, we had all our valuables with us, like yeah, crammed up on the coach. Um, That's a pretty um. What's the word? It's just a, a routine thing you do. You just take all your stuff. Um, yeah. And also, what was your favourite, like, in Southeast Asia, those four or five countries, what was your favourite top three things that you saw or done? Um, I'd say Vietnam is probably my favourite of the countries we went to. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. We did, we went south to north. Um, so we got in quite a lot of different sites. Um. Cambodia was just interesting because I didn't really know much of the history. I, I was kind of aware of the killing fields, but not really until 
yeah. we got to like to, uh, to Phnom Penh um, and yeah. you know you get to, you see some of the cafes and they're all like showing the film of the killing fields in these cafes I guess to sort of drum up interest and to get people to go yeah um, and sort of away from the horrors of that I remember as well trying like barbecued tarantula for the first time is that Phnom Penh? Um, yes I, I had barbecued frog I think Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, they came round. It was like, "What is this?" And like, "Oh, you know, this sort of in broken English." Eventually translated, yeah, it was like tarantula, and it was, uh, <laughs> well, you know, never going to try this again. So, <laughs> yeah, why they not? Norwich, do you? No, we'll we'll them. Yeah, the Norwich market <laughs> haven't got round to yeah, <laughs> not yet. Fried arachnids, but that was, <laughs> uh, that was interesting. In fact, it just tasted like basically charcoal because it was so like barbecued. Um, but anyway, that I don't know if that was if it was actually um, a thing that locals eat, or if it's one of those kind of foods that they use to kind of entice yeah. Westerners. Like, oh yeah, Maybe. we eat this, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the 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 killing fields was was really really brutal. I, it was horrible actually mm. going going there, and you know walking around, and you, I remember we were walking through and. There was like something. What's that on the floor? And it was a tooth that was just coming up through the floor. Yeah. Still excavating, and all these yeah. bodies that are there, and you see, you know, the, that kind of tree that they used to kill babies against, and all that. They had like a pagoda full of all these skulls. That oh, that, that was there when you went. Yeah, that was. Yeah. The first I remember yeah. seeing. And yeah. um, uh, I think so. Adam said the same thing. I remember we were offered the chance to go and shoot something. I can't remember if we were shooting a cow or shoot something after. Shooting a cow for us. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, no, we don't. We'll yeah. Do straight that. after the whole the whole history lesson and feeling yeah. a bit grim yeah. about genocide. it all. Genocide. Yeah. Getting a tuk tuk. Yeah. So do you want to shoot a cow? Nah, mate. I think I'd have to go pass on that one. I think I just want to yeah, go back and have a tea. Yeah. yeah. Not really feeling the mood for that. Um, yeah. Strange. I, I can't remember if we went which way around we did it, but we also went to the high school that they changed it into, yeah, into the prison. Uh, uh, oh, I wrote about it the other day. I can't remember what it's called. P21 tools, or something? Yeah, like tools. Prison 21. Tool slang or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was the high school that the, the Camille Rouge had ch- changed into essentially a torture prison. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you see kind of, I mean, I've, the only thing I could sort of imagine to compare it to must be like Auschwitz in terms of Europe. Yes. Uh, I've not actually been to Auschwitz, but I you imagine it's a similar kind of feel to that. Um, and, you know, you see the kind of tiny little cells these people were trapped in and um, they were sort of tortured into confessing these ridiculous things, you know, like they were all working for the CIA mm. and stuff. You think, what, you know, what are you obviously these sort of farmers from Cambodia are not going to be CIA agents and you, you just kind of, it opens your eyes to the kind of lengths of like cruelty that humanity can be inflicting yeah. yeah, on each other. It was, it was so awful. And I remember just thinking, oh, so I don't want to be in Phnom Penh anymore. I just want to leave. Like it kind of soured Cambodia a little bit. Cause yeah, we, we were the same. We left uh, after two days. Um, Cause we were going to stay longer. We couldn't because, um, one of the royal family had died. Oh, and yeah. A local at the guest house that we stayed at, or the hostel, advised us to get out because he said once the morning starts, it's like five days in the morning, there's no music, no celebrations. 
it's going to be silent. You're going to, you're going to have all the villagers come in. He goes, and there's just a risk of disease. They're not being vaccinated or whatever they have um, in terms of medical stuff. But he said, I'd, I'd advise you just to get out. And then, but even up in the fields and the prison 21 and stuff were like, yeah, we just, unfortunately in Southeast Asia, it's fun. Like most of it is fun, but you, you get those little doses of reality, like yeah. those things that you probably need just to bring it back down to earth. Like, oh, okay. You know, these people have been through hardship only 40 years ago. And it kind of like, oh, okay, we'll just move on to Vietnam and back that in. Yeah. That's exactly. Mind. We moved on. It was like a world away. Cause we went from Phnom Penh to uh, Ho Chi Minh city, which is, you know, cl- although it's sort of labeled as a communist country, uh, you know, Ho Chi Minh is very capitalist. You know, it's very organized in, in the way that it is. Um, we were lucky enough that I uh, had a family friend who was living out there at the time. So we stayed um, in his apartment. And although we stayed on the sofa, I'd say that was probably the most comfortable bed I had in the six weeks that we uh, traveled yeah. Southeast Asia. <laughs> um and yeah that was interesting he took us to a a bar called smiley's and oh. yeah wasn't entirely sure what <laughs> going on there uh i have a rough idea because he said to he said why don't you ask that girl we said to one of the waitresses what what do you do with a sausage and they mined oh certain action it was like uh right and then Someone went with one of these girls, disappeared upstairs. Oh, and like, yeah, okay. Kind of get the sort of a uh, place that Smiley's is. <laughs> we were just going for a beer and a bit of pool, but yeah, I think other people had other ideas. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we, did, we didn't go back there. Um, and you went to Hoi An though, didn't you? Yeah, I think I can't remember if Hoi An was the next stop, or I think it, or if it was Na Trang. Um, the Trangs before Hoi An, and I hate yeah. oh, hate's a strong word. I'm not gonna use that. But um, I dislike the train. Um, I just did not like the vibe there. So when I went second time with Emma, I said, no, we're not going to the train. It's a waste of our Vietnam travels. Let's move on to Hoi An. Um, but the train was just a, a resort town for partying, pretty much. Relaxation. Yeah, it was. It was. And I think for us, because we'd done a lot of cultural stuff um, up to that point, I mean, Saigon, we'd, we'd seen a lot of the... Or Ho Chi Minh City, sorry. We'd seen a lot of... Um, we tried to sort of do the cultural thing. Um, there's a lot of sort of French architecture there because obviously it was yep. a French colony at one point. Um, and it was interesting to hear the Vietnamese perspective of the war with America, as they call the American war. The American war, yeah. Called the, the American oppression. Yeah. And obviously you see the tanks still in the grounds of um, whatever building that was. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting to hear their side. I'm not entirely sure I believe that side but anyway that's that's their version of it yeah um so by the time we got to Nashrang, we thought well actually we, we say i think we stayed in a hostel called like the green apple hostel or something like that um it's not the pineapple is it no it was there's a bar called of, the pineapple bar or something there that we went to for a we night went, out we were advised to go to something called the sailing club yeah sailing club yeah we went there yeah we the, went there there's the booze cruise there as well it's another bar that seems really cool we didn't do the booze cruise but we did go to the sailing club, I think a couple of nights and obviously got absolutely smashed. Um, yeah. But we were sort of quite looking forward to sort of kicking back a little bit and sort of, um, you know, taking a kind of a day off, a day or two off of the kind of the cultural aspects. Um, and I remember there was that random theme park. Uh, uh, it's called Vimpel. Yeah. Vimpel, that was it. And you could see yeah. it in the distance, cable cars yeah. going across. It's yeah. got like a, 
their version of the Hollywood sign on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All these weird and wonderful rumours as to what actually went on there. And no, and no one's on the rides or the water park. This is a really eerie place. But when we were yeah. there anyway. Did you go? Um, no, we didn't bother. Um, no, we didn't bother either. But you can see it on, on, the, on the cable carts going across. Like, why are they still going and no one's there? But yeah, no one went. It's a bit it was weird. Like this kind of mythical place that no one really yeah. went on there. Um, but yeah, I remember we hired some uh, mopeds. That, Vietnam is the first place I realized how much like that kind of, the, uh, the Vietnamese love mopeds. Yes. You sort of get into that sort of mode, don't you? You just yeah. hire one out, go and buzz around on a moped. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I was sort of quite scared about getting my moped because um, just as a, you know, as a note, obviously when we were at high school, you probably were, I fell off. <laughs> I had a, a major incident when I fell off of just a, a push bike and uh, cracked my liver. Um, ended up oh. in hospital for like three weeks. Had to have a major operation to remove half my liver. So a bit nervous around bikes. Basically. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I get that. Yeah, I mean, that was, and that was a push bike. So... <laughs> motorized version heightens the anxiety but you know <laughs> did it didn't fall off which was which was good um but it was, it was quite sort of nice sort of hang around to sort of zip mm. around and sort of see places there um and we did the same in hoi an and that um yeah had like a really really nice time in hoi an um sort of got back into kind of seeing a bit more of kind of the sites rather than sort of yes boost up although we did have a good night i can't remember what the pub was called I remember it was the oh, day. It's not, that, it's not called the volcano bar, is it? Possibly. Or so you can, or you can drink for five dollars when you hold your cup. Quite possibly, it was one of. It was definitely one of those kind of places, and it was the day that Man U beat Arsenal eight two. Because I remember that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that, that felt very sort of authentic. It was very it felt very cool place. The Vietnamese. It was really nice. Yeah. Um, the kind of the architecture. Uh, like there's little canals running through little canals yeah it's real nice it was very very aesthetically pleasing Um, and from there we went to I think went to Hawaii Hawaii yeah it's further up we went to Uh, Hawaii um, second time around me and Emma Um, yeah I can't remember too much what we saw we did do a day in the palaces there it used to be like this royal palace there yeah Um, it was forts and things wasn't it yeah, forts. Not really a backpacker town. Um, it wasn't. We only stayed very, one. I think it's two nights maximum. Um, we went to some really nice cafes actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we got into the habit of going to like these trendy little coffee coffee spots like Western cafes. Because um, the Vietnamese half the population is like under twenty five or something, right? So yeah. we've got this like cool little hip areas where you can have like nice brunch and a coffee. And Vietnamese coffee is great. So yeah, we checked out a few cafes along the way and went to this big palace. But as soon as we we're from there, we straight up to, I think we went straight up to, um, no, we didn't go to Hanoi. We went to um, Trang An. Oh, not heard of that one. Uh, Nimbin. It's where all the, um, it's called the Heilong Bay of the Land. So if you if you plan to go to Vietnam, my recommendation is um, Trang An or Nimbin. They're kind of in the same area. And you get this boat in these canals and they go through those like clay mountains and you go through tunnels and caves. Where Heilong Bay is, is in the sea, so you've got a boat going around them all. But on, on the land, it's just caves, so you, you weave in and out with a boat. It's pretty cool. Like It's a cool area. It's just yeah. south of Hanoi. Um, but funny thing is, we got a train to there from Hawaii. And we were booked in for a ca- into a carriage, and it's like two bunk beds. 
and there's no one in it, just me and Emma. But I guess people can come in on the way. And the the, the conductor comes in. He goes, ah, oh, hey, you enjoying your stay? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, is your trip going okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can pay me some money if you want, and you can keep this room just for yourselves, like just a two and a four bed room. I'm like, nah, we don't mind people coming. It's fine. They can come in with us. And I think it's taking it back, like as if we wanted to guarantee our own space. But I like, know if someone comes in and wants, they go to that bunk bed to sleep until we get to Nimbin, and so be it. And I think you got a bit like, oh, okay. And they sort of like wandered out. <laughs> so that's the. They probably sent, probably sent but, everyone in after that. So you go in this one. They, they <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, but we didn't uh, actually get on in, in our carriage in the end. Um, I think that's actually going to Hanoi. But. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting on the way out. What about Laos? Did you what did you see in Laos? Because we well, didn't do any tubing either time I went there because first it was banned and I'm I can't swim. But also um yeah, we saw a few sites in Luang Prabang, um and all that. The bowling alley is one. So but well Pre Lao, we'd uh, we, our last stop in Vietnam was, was Hanoi, and we did we went on that party boat to Halong Bay. Oh yeah, um, and you know that was so much fun. We were only, I was only what twenty two at the time, and it was you know really really fun couple of days. Obviously, you're boozed up, you're playing loads of drinking games. Yeah, on the island. It's uh, everyone is sort of young and fun, and it's it's like a really good couple of days. Um, and I can't remember why we'd we'd made alterations to our trip when we were in um, Ho Chi Minh City. I think it's because we were worried about not having enough time. Yeah. So we ended up uh, came up from Halong Bay, um, had another couple of nights in Hanoi. Uh, interesting story there. I ate one of the most disgusting things ever in Hanoi. Boozed up, went to one of those restaurants. Yeah. The menu it's like badly translated English. And it was like, we dared each other to have something gross. My mate had grilled dog meat. Uh, right. I opt for pig's ovaries. Lovely. Yeah, deep fried? They weren't deep fried, actually. They all, oh. they, all looked, they looked a bit like gyozas. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. came like that. It was just like a tiny little, like, uh, ramekin of soy sauce. So we sort yeah. of drowned in that thing. Okay, well... Just looking at it, you could see all like the fallopian tubes and all that. Holy! Had one. I was like, oh, yeah, God, how has it there? Had it? People, even the Vietnamese around us were looking like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, yeah. Really, they, no one eats that sort of shit. They use it to kind of Brits abroad, isn't it? The Westerners, exactly. Yeah. Um, I remember. The next day, actually, I think that was before we went to Halong Bay. Because I remember we had like a four-hour coach ride to or bus ride thing to Halong Bay, and I remember all I could taste, like I remember like burping. You could taste like pigs' ovaries. Oh, it was absolutely vile, Oof. grim. Um, but Hanoi itself very different to, to Ho Chi Minh City. Um, loads of actual bicycles as well. Yeah, uh, it's got a curfew. Yeah, curfew felt very much more communist than yeah. the other parts of. Vietnam. In fact, I'd say the further north you went, the more communist it felt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after we left there, we we actually flew. We got an Air Asia flight back to Bangkok. Um, that's we. Oh, okay. Went to the, those suits again, and then we got the train um, north. 
yeah. I think, to Chiang Mai. We didn't stop at Chiang Mai. We went straight up through, we got like an overnight sleeper train into Laos and to Vientiane. Oh, right. Vientiane. Or- Vientiane, yeah. Yeah. And then like, we didn't really factor in any culture in Laos. We just went straight to Vang Vieng and, and- Kutubing was still a thing when <laughs> yeah. we went there. So spent three or, I think we only were intending to spend three nights there and just in five nights because it was just like a kind of nirvana of young people having the time of their life, been absolutely boozed up. Um, and I think we actually even got a reputation over the final four days. Like I remember people coming to be like, Yo, you're those two lads who were like pieing last night. And you, and you did this oh. and you did that. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, because that's where the first time we saw those buckets. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of synonymous with like, those kind of bucket drinks where it's like vodka and coke like is Thailand for me is that buckets. Yeah. There's two dollar buckets. But I had some of that in Bang Vieng and I remember when we first got there, you see the river and you're like, that river is brown. Yeah. And secondly, it is one of the fastest flowing rivers I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so that's the river you tube in. Uh, and we didn't have any tubes and we just got like the, the tuk-tuk up there from our hostel and mm. um just went to the bars and yeah got tanked up there you play sort of uh beer pong you meet mm-hmm. other people from hostels you make like you get friends with everyone there was like a uh kind of uh musical musical tubes all <laughs> chairs i remember came down to me and this bird for the last one. And I remember actually barging her out of the way. You get like a free bucket. But when you win it, they make you funnel it. Oh. So I was absolutely boozed up by that. And then one of the girls who like ran one of the bars, she's like, oh, I'm going to swim across to the other one. Do you want to come? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm on the swim team at university. I can handle that. Yeah. Deary me. I uh, did swim across. But bear wow. in mind, they're kind of stationed almost opposite from each other. Yeah. You have to kind of almost try and swim upstream because yes. the river is so, so strong. Um, and you kind of scrabble about and made it to the other side. But you think if you're, if you're in trouble in here, you've got no chance. Yeah, that's just, you got to ask, is that really worth it? Yeah. They are. Um, the sort of the bar across the way, they had like a rope swing into the river. Mm. And I think that Adam sort of, pull, uh, sort of mentioned on it before, there was that a rumour was going around that there was someone who'd fallen off and like was dashed against the rocks. The rocks, died, yeah. So rock right below you. We were so boozed, didn't, didn't, didn't bother us. So we were spent like the yeah. afternoon, you know, uh, rope swinging into this river and around you go again. Um, That's why they banned it. Because the yeah, people did die in the end. Like, the like you say, you don't care. You're just going to do it. Yeah. Um, so unless they ban it, people are still going to jump into the rocks. So Exactly. And it was, uh, yeah, just a fun few days. One one time we did try and tube down. We kind of stole someone else's tube, and you're really not allowed to do that. And oh, okay. in the UK, where you might just get told off, in Laos, they throw rocks at you if you... Uh, <laughs> so, okay, try to avoid that. Yeah. Um, there was one bar that had like a... It was like a big slide, but it was tiled. You know, like... Yeah, okay. Tiles. Yeah. Basically like that. And it got to the bottom and there was almost like a 45 degree slope off. Up, yeah. I don't know how people didn't break their like tailbone <laughs> down there. I don't know how I didn't either, but did that. 
uh, yeah, we ended up floating downstream and then someone was like, oh, there's a big massive waterfall at the end of here. Don't know if that was even true. Obviously scared everyone. Um, no, that, I think that is true. Um, yeah, well, we didn't know what was going on. And then it suddenly got, you move out of the way of the bars. You know, like, okay, there's no bars here. The slope's quite high. How are we getting, how are we getting out of this? <laughs> yeah. And I remember we got caught in like a, a tree that had sort of fallen over. And um, the man the guy was with, he almost got stuck in the tube, like face down because the current was so strong. Whoa. And that was sort of the, as close as we came to a bit of a, a dice, the dice with death. But um, the, the reason yeah. I say that is true because someone I went to uni with done the same thing where he, yeah. he said that he, he would class it as he nearly died, but, um, or close to dying because he got down to that edge and he knew there's a waterfall down there, but he couldn't stop. And it required someone throwing something in to save him. And he said, yeah, we just kind of got a bit too, too drawn in by the current and we nearly, nearly lost it. So bloody hell. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. That, it's, obviously it's like a health and safety nightmare and you'd never yeah. ever get anything like that in, in uh, the UK. But um, yeah, we had, I'm not gonna lie, the, the few days we were there, we, had such a good time and it turned out that a lot of the people we saw there we had seen on the booze cruise at Halong Bay and then after we left Laos we went back to um, Bangkok and then we went straight down to um, Koh Phangan for a full moon party, full moon party yeah. again those same people who'd been to those previous spaces were all at full moon party in uh, Koh Phangan and that was another obviously massive party few days you know yeah. you have three parties and everyone's just having the time of their lives that was yeah. amazing um it's well documented the full moon party i mean i've never been unfortunately but um it's one of those things that everyone knows about it's just the party central of the world yeah, i'd say it, but um yeah and you kind of you lose people who you're with basically but it doesn't really matter because you've kind of made friends with so many other people across the few other days that you kind of you know you, you're all right actually i mean i remember waking up just like lying stricken on the beach no money left. Don't know what happened. I don't know if I've been robbed or don't know if I'd spent it all. I can't remember. Yeah. I never, I never tried any of the uh, milkshakes. <laughs> milkshakes, we say. Um, the but, happy milkshakes? Yeah, the happy ones. Didn't mm, ever try Yeah, them. I didn't try one of those. No. Or happy pizza. No, um, didn't that. But the M150 they had in the buckets, oof. that was like liquid speed. And um, fetamin in, in, a, in a Red Bull, that always yeah. comes in your bucket. God, the buzz oh, you've got back. Yeah, no wonder you're buzzing around the beach, dancing to some cheesy 90s dance tunes. Everyone was the time of their lives. But I remember there was, you could see how people get horrific injuries because there was like, this massive, like big, thick rope. And you know, like a, like a jump rope. And yeah. got one person either end and they're swinging it and someone has to jump over it. But then they cover it in kerosene and they light the fucker. So <laughs> someone trying to jump over it, trying not to have this like basically rope of fire coming towards you and taking you out. And I remember one guy sort of did it, stumbled and stopped, and the rope came right back around and smacked him in the back of the legs. Oh, 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 the back of the legs. Yeah. That was... Is it the same stuff as those um, entertainers on the beach when they got like the circles, like the rings, yeah. the rings and they sort of thrown about and it's quite impressive same to watch thing. actually. Yeah. It is, but it, I would imagine like you don't, I just saw that and got avoid. Like when it comes avoid to that when you boost up drunk and fire, they don't go well. Like, nah, you avoid, avoid. Like look for you me. You about that one because exactly. back of the legs, not having it. That's an absolute drawback. Otherwise. I think um, I the inexperience I have 
I didn't go forming party, but I went to KPP. I don't know if you went to KPP. And that's almost a 24-hour party island. I mean, all that stuff was happening, but on a daily basis, it's probably not as real hardcore as a performing party, but it's like that next level down where it just constantly happens all the time. So uh, we did go there and experience that with the buckets and the and the beach parties, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was... I think after three or four days, you kind of need to like detrude a little bit and, and nip back to some sort of normality because you can't keep doing it forever. Oh, no, you can't. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever read uh, The Beach, like Alex, the, the Alex Garner. When you watched the film, yeah. The book is so much better. I read it last year. It's, it's so much oh, better than that. Recommendation? I'll take that. I'll read it, yeah. Yeah, definitely read it. It's a really yeah. good holiday book as well. Um, but he kind of talks about the stereotypical, stereotypical tropes that people have. And we kind of got sucked into that because for that part of Thailand, like Copenhagen by that time, it was so touristy, so westernised. It wasn't authentic in any way yes like, exactly yeah you know if you could have been in i don't know ibiza or somewhere like just stuck on a beach it wasn't you know it was so built up and so designed for western tourists yeah um and then it's weird because it because of it gets really busy for four or five days beforehand then it just empties yeah empties yeah it's same it's, and it happens again every month yeah it's the same cycle the only, the only yeah. what you class maybe I saw authentic island stuff was maybe Koh Lanta was a pretty authentic island in Thailand. Um, not really built for tourists or maybe it is built for tourists, but more resort tourists, not really yeah. like um, that packers. You have to get like a moped and drive around and there's like lots of secluded beaches and stuff. That was pretty authentic. But I found places like PP, I can imagine Penyang being just those party islands. And then Koh Tao was not as crazy. Um, but still built for tourists because you just go there to dive. So it's got that tourist, backpacker, diver type mentality. Yeah. Um, and Koh Samui is similar as well, isn't it? I yes. I didn't make it there either. But... Didn't make it there. It's more of a family island, I think, Koh Samui, but I'm sure you can find a party if not. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I did read something interesting about how the uh, sort of the pandemic has affected them more because obviously there's no tourism now and mm. a lot of them had to kind of like start from scratch. And maybe that's what it kind of needed a bit of a reset. A bit of a reset, I think. Yeah, so westernized, and it's one of those buzzwords I hate hearing in the in the press. It's a reset. Oh fuck off! Yeah, mate. but it's true. I think it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's a reset. Um, but yeah, I I enjoy Thailand. Uh, I would happily go back again. Emma's not really been, so I need to take her there. Um, and it's probably not on the hit list, but on the list, should I say? Yeah, um, but next you would go back. I think we ought to go back. If you've not been at all on that classic backpacker route, I would highly recommend that as well. Just for six weeks, have a fun, have a time of your life. Exactly. We're going to move on to Middle East because I really want to get. Uh, it's an area of the world I really want to go to. Um, yeah. Middle East. You've been to a few countries. Uh, you've been to Israel. Yes. Uh, where yeah. else have you been? Uh, so I've, I've been. The only other country in the Middle East I've been to is Oman. Um, Oman. Yes. But that was. Uh, it was kind of a bit of an odd. Odd trip, actually. I'd actually, um, this sounds very conceited, but I'd actually got a like um, a commercial job to do out there. Uh, it was for yeah. um, Oman Air, an airline yeah. I'd never heard of, actually. Great airline, uh, flown a few times. Never heard of it, but yeah, they were oh. very good. Um, yeah. Slightly disappointed they didn't fly me out there first class, considering... Yeah, that's interesting. Flying. Yeah. Um, but still, very comfortable. Uh, they flew me out there for a weekend. Um, however, the air, the hotel I was staying in was just outside the airport. 
airport in um, Muscat is yeah. very, very new. Um, it didn't have that many people in it because I don't think Muscat has yet been able to compete with the likes of Abu Dhabi, yes. uh, Dubai, as or you know, even uh, Qatar as like a, a Middle Eastern hub. Mm. So that's obviously what their plans are, but didn't, you know, when, when I went, it was still very empty. Um, and I spent, you know, the whole, I mean, I got there Saturday evening, um, had the night in the hotel and spent all day Sunday basically by the pool because I was about 17 kilometers outside of Muscat. Oh, wow. Decent, yeah. Didn't, yeah, didn't have any local currency was completely yeah. on my own. So it was like, I don't really want to risk going there and, you know, getting lost or anything. I was actually was a little bit scared about what might happen in Muscat on my own. So I was like, no, I'm just going <laughs> to, not going to risk that one. Um, so in terms of, uh, yeah, what it was like, I can't really give you many tips, or many tips <laughs> on, on what it was like, but apparently they've got um, like, uh, sinkholes there's a lot of sinkholes in in okay. Amman, apparently quite touristy to go to um there is uh, in the classic things in Amman is the you get a, you get a four by four out and you drive to the, the desert and you sleep under the stars and you go and see some like oasis type towns in the desert so muscat is i think it's a bit of a hub for you probably find some good food there like it's quite a trendy place to go and stay but i think it's the four by four um you can do a package, I think, from the airport. I've done some research recently where you can just rent it out for three or four days and they give you like sites to go and see and you go and drive out and stay in the desert. So I think that's the type of um, oh, nice. thing that they try and encourage. I think it's a it's like a, a good deal or something. Like it's like, I'm, not, I'm making this up. It's like $50 for like this package thing where you get the car and the, a few things you can tick off in terms of tourist attractions. Um, so that's what oh. apparently is Oman is. So, so I, wanna, I do want to check it out. Yeah, I'd have liked to have actually had i'd like to have been, been able to have gone and actually seen the country rather than you know essentially the hotel well, and the yeah um so yeah i mean i was there about 48 hours in total just yeah just over. um so uh i it's somewhere that i would yeah i'd be interested in, in seeing more of because i think um it, it's had a bit of a kind of a PR makeover in terms of trying to be appealing more to kind of mm. Western tourists. It wants to be a bit more like the UAE. Um, yeah. And bringing in more, more tourism. Um, so yeah, it was only a very brief, brief trip there, but Israel I've been to. Yeah. I saw Israel. Um, and I love it. Love Israel. I think it's a, such a beautiful country. Um, you, you kind of hear uh, sort of, it being labelled as a as a bit of a problem place because of kind of the war that it's yeah. had uh, with Lebanon, and obviously there are a lot of issues around um, the treatment of Palestinians as yeah. well. And it's you know, uh, it's something that I'm I don't know all the ins and outs of, and I think um, you can't necessarily take one side over the other. Uh, mm-hmm. There are people on each side who will tell you that this one is right. Yeah, and that one is a villain, and vice versa. So, it's a it's a difficult topic to to get involved in because you f- I feel like you're always going to offend somebody with whichever view you yeah. have. Um, but in terms of what it was like for me, for me, um, and I went the first time summer of 2018. Yeah, um, for, for a wedding, uh, which was beautiful. Um, but w- 
we went and we tried to fit in quite a lot of stuff. So um, started off in Tel Aviv, which is very similar to like a Mediterranean city. It's got yeah, a really yeah. good vibe. It's really vibe, fun, yeah. mm-hmm. really relaxed. It's, it's on the beach. Um, yeah. It's you know, just a really, really lovely city. Um, and from there, we went to the Dead Sea, which is on the border with Jordan. Yeah. Uh, Dead Sea, obviously, I think, is the lowest point on Earth. Um, and again, we, we went in August, so it was hot. Um, mm. And walking into the Dead Sea was a bit like a bath. It was that <laughs> hot. And you, I heard before, you know, you because of the, the density, of the, it's so salty. Yeah. Um, you know, people say, oh, you, you float, and you think, oh, yeah, but are you actually going to float? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll be shit myself, but... But I can confirm you float. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. almost impossible to sink. I remember I had some, like, coins in my shorts when I went into the sea and, like, just fell to the, like, fell to the, the bottom of the... I mean, it wasn't very deep, but it just fell out. I was like, I'll go and pick this up. But it was almost impossible to do it because oh, wow. you get under the water. That's strange. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, like, the Dead Sea mud is kind of renowned for being really good for your skin. Um mm-hmm. So a lot of people you'll see like if there's just mud around the seat and people like they'll cover themselves in it. It's like it's very good exfoliating. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you come out of the sea and you feel like your skin feels so soft. Um, but warning, if you go in, particularly maybe for the ladies, don't shave anywhere. Um, oh. at least sort of a few days before you go in, because that salt will find any kind of abrasion Ooh. that you might have. Crikey, that's a great tip there. Um, yeah, so just be aware. If you've got a cut, don't go in because <laughs> it stings. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was really hot there. I remember in the, in the evening walking down. We, I mean, there isn't, from what I can see, there wasn't that much there because it's just a kind of a resort kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of kibbutz as well nearby, which you can go and stay on. Yeah. Um, but walking in that evening, I remember there was a breeze you could see outside. And I said, um, you know, I was going to go out and get a get a bit of breeze because it's so hot big mistake because that breeze was like someone blowing a hairdryer in your face. <laughs> it was so hot i was like yeah back back inside back inside i have only experienced that in, like somewhere like australia i think uh like in southern in south australia near adelaide like that sort of area or even perth near like a bit further up like that you think oh yeah go outside for a breeze nah do all that you need to get back in the aircon yeah exactly it's a very oppressive heat it's very yeah. dry um so yeah, spent uh, I think two nights in uh, the Dead Sea. Went to Jerusalem. Oh yeah, uh, what's Jerusalem like? Uh, I'd love to go to that sea. Oh, it, I would recommend it. It's a it's a very it's a very unique city. I can't really describe it any other. Yeah, day. I think trying to describe it would be quite hard. It's got so much history attached to it, and obviously there is the kind of triple religious link to it. It's yes, like a holy city for Jews, for Christians, for Muslims. Um, and obviously, there's a, it's well aware there's a lot of political tension mm. uh, as to the status of it and as to who owns it and and what have you. Um, but there's kind of the new part of the city, and then there's the old city, which is the one obviously that is where the the Western Wall is, yeah, uh, and where the Alaska Alaska Al Aqsa Mosque is. Mm. It's almost on top of the of the wall. Oh wow! Um, I think only. Palestinians are allowed to go to the mosque. Um, okay. So you can't, like, they don't allow tourists in. Yeah. 
and but the, the western wall or the wailing wall you anyone can go to um obviously it's it's a it's one of judaism's most holy yeah because it's the wall that was attached to the second temple which is in sort of the days of king solomon so it's a very right. very old uh, yeah. and it was kind of symbolic of i think the jewish people coming home to israel to actually mm-hmm. get that wall to have it because uh before israel existed it was i think even i think before the six day war in 1967 it was still um part of jordan and when right. the israelis reclaimed like yeah jordan in that war they took that part of jerusalem they took jerusalem back so they mm-hmm. had the wall back and it meant for jews around the world they finally were able to visit it because the jordanians wouldn't let jews visit the wall yeah and i think it was just like almost forgotten about it was like part of a market almost mm-hmm. but the israelis have cleared that out and it's now like a very kind of holy site i guess um but it's definitely worth even if you're not religious like, yeah i mean very- i'm not religious but i'd love to go and just learn about all those like sites and yeah there's so what, much what this means what that means to different people that'd be just a cool city to go and see it is it is it's amazing um and it's yeah it's i said it's got that kind of mixture of, of sort of three kind of cultures and um the west like jerusalem is divided into certain sects so you've got the like the jewish quarter mm-hmm. you've got the armenian the armenian, armenian quarter, yeah. which is like the christian side yeah. um and you've got the arab quarter as well um uh we felt a little the only time i felt a little bit of tension is there's a big market in jerusalem and you can kind of stray from one one quarter into the other yeah and underneath there and i think i'm right in saying that the arab court is policed by muslims yeah. whereas the armenian court and the jewish court are policed by israelis yeah uh and i, th- I think that if you stray into any trouble in the arab quarter you might not be as fairly dealt with okay. as, as you would in the jewish quarter or the armenian quarter okay yeah so we, there was a, a period where we were under the marketplace and there was a big argument happening in front of us. And it was a bit like, mm, we're just going to go back because yeah. you don't know what's going to kick off here and who's going to deal with it. So we yeah. went back. Um, but obviously, it's interesting to see as well because there's a lot of religious Jews in Jerusalem. So like mm-hmm. the Hasidic Jews, so you, you, like the traditional yeah. um, So that was... It's just interesting to see those kind of it's all these like cultures is like immersed into one, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. That's why it just appeals to me. Like it's it's fastly approaching as one of the places I really want to go to. Um, definitely my top ten. Oh, I, was, I would definitely put it up there to to as uh, uh, recommend to go and see. And the food is amazing. The food in, in, in yes. Israel is delicious. It's some of the best we've ever had. Uh, all the little shooks, the marketplaces. Yeah. Are, um, yeah, they're just experiences in themselves. They're, it's so, but it's it's so interesting. Um, and uh, the second time I went, I went up to the north, uh, kind of on the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. Um, and I think we went in October time. I remember it was about forty degrees there, so it was really, really hot up there mm. as well. Um, but it's also Israel's got also got quite a lot of green greenery too. So it's a very um kind of multi-terrained kind of country um obviously as well only democracy in the middle east um True. so it's, it is if people are worried about not being safe it is very safe 
yeah. very, very safe. I would, I would not be worried, have any safety concerns about it at all. Um, I've not been, but I would not even worry about being safe. Um, yeah. Loads of people would see as well, oh my God, it's dangerous. It, it probably, and it definitely probably isn't. Right? It's just uh, it's not. what you hear in the media. So um, people need to get out of that mindset and go and see that amazing place, as well as most of the other countries in the Middle East as well. Um, yeah. Most of all of them. Somewhere um, else I would recommend to go to as well in Jerusalem is um, Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust Memorial oh, yeah. uh, Museum. Uh, it's very, very moving. Um, mm. Like, you know, actually very difficult in some ways to go around and see it because although in the West we kind of brought up with understanding what the Holocaust was, when you hear it firsthand from people like survivors, yeah. it's just awful. And it, it, it's one of those things, you know, we, we were kind of, I don't know, fortunate is the right word, but around the time where we could hear accounts from people who were still alive. But in the next few years, we won't have because those people yeah. will, will have died because they're, yeah. they're, those who were children are now in their 80s and 90s. So yeah. uh, to hear that kind of information firsthand from people is is very important. And it's obviously something that, you know, that kind of memory about never forgotten is so crucial because it was such a horrific thing. And to kind of learn more about it is the best way to ensure that it doesn't happen again. So if you ever yeah. go through, it's so tastefully done. It's not, um, you know, brash or anything. It's just, it's really tastefully done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not for the faint hearted. It is quite. Brutal. I mean, it's come. Yeah, we need to remember that sort of stuff. I know the, that generation is slowly dying out, of course, due to age. But yeah, that, we just need to keep that memory going and just remind ourselves that, you know, same as killing fields, as example in Cambodia, just need to remind ourselves that some people still want to do this stuff. So let's just try and get above it and act above it. It's a quite a key message there, I think, going yeah, forward. Absolutely. And I, I truly believe that travelling to these countries and travelling in general, I mean, all these different cultures and people can really enhance... Uh, your feelings and your thoughts and then only improve it with terms of like people in whatever country just would get along with normal people like if I went to Russia if I went to Cambodia if I went to Bolivia the just the general person on the street would have a beer with you and have a chat like it's not there's no animosity amongst the majority it's just a small minority unfortunately that are causing problems and arguably politicians but there we go that's another conversation um that's the sector travel here um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great thanks for recommendations for israel i uh, hope listeners will appreciate that because it's definitely on my list of places to go so i appreciate that any just quickly quick fire middle east any countries that you want to go to next um i'd quite like to go to jordan i'd like to yeah, see that's also on my list yeah yeah and all that jordan um part of me is still interested in going to lebanon although I'm aware it's become a much more dangerous place now. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Beirut is a bit... Um, unstable. Yeah, unstable. Obviously, there's that massive explosion last year. Yeah, crazy. It's not as stable as it was even like 10 years ago. Um, but I don't have much desire to go to Saudi Arabia, if I'm honest. No. Um, or Dubai, because... I've, you know, I've, I've known enough people have been, and it, it just sounds like a very kind of, it's like a big facade, you know, just loads of shops and hotels in the middle of a desert. And I'll probably go for just a weekend and see the buildings, and that's it. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's not just on... one of those places that I'd rather go to Oman and get a Jeep and go and see the desert and 
So you yeah. must get. Yeah, I would agree. I think I would choose Oman over yeah. UAE. Okay. Jordan would be probably be my next on the list as to, as to where I would choose to go in the Middle East. Lovely. Okay, that leads us on to um, my quickfire questions, which it's travel question time. I think by now people might know what they are, but hey, I'm going to fire them at you very quickly. Um, what is your top three destinations to go to next in the world? Oh, well, I'd love to go. I've, I've never been to Australia. I'd really love to go yeah. to Australia. I've got an aunt that lives there. So it's, um, I, maybe I would, I would group Australia and New Zealand in together, kind of the, you know, the okay, I'll, I'll accept that as one. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, around there, uh, I'd love, I'd love to go to South America as well. Um, probably Buenos Aires. Yeah. Uh, that is probably, if I was to choose any, city in south america that's yeah. the first port call i'd like to go to mm-hmm. um and thirdly i would really like to go to japan oh, yeah yeah i highly recommend japan it's such a i can't explain what it's like um i think it's just so different isn't it to western so to life i think yeah. that's what i'd love to see from people i know who've been they said it's just it's it's uh so unique in the in the it's kind of the way life is out there mm. uh, you kind of have to go and experience it yourself i'm not a huge fan of going to countries again especially i've been there for a period of time so i mean we went to japan for nearly four weeks but that is an exception where if i had another four weeks only i would go back to japan again and do another four weeks is that good yeah, so yeah that's great what's your favorite beach you've been to what favorite beach uh i have to say the beach in tel aviv is one of the best i've been to oh yeah nice uh, it's it's really yeah it's it's lovely especially because it, it's weird because you're it's in the city it's like the, oh, the city sea beach and the beach oh dream um, it's the closest thing you could compare that to in europe is maybe like barcelona yeah 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 um, was like bondi in australia in sydney maybe don't know yeah probably yeah. um but yeah I, that sort of i mean i've uh i've been to there's a place in Florida that I've been to called Siesta Key, which is down on the Gulf oh, Coast. On the Keys. Yeah. Well, oh. well, it's not actually in the Keys itself. It's called okay. Sarasota. So it's in the uh, the southwestern part of Florida. It's before you get to the Keys. But the yeah. beach there, I remember the sand was like flower, you know, so white. <sighs> Dream. Uh, yeah, they, they, that was a beautiful beach as well. Um, it's a two there, but that's fine. I'll take them both. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the rules. <laughs> what is... Your favourite coffee, if you just a random one there. Um, you drink coffee? I do. I'm becoming more and more of a coffee addict. I recently got a um, a coffee machine, yeah, uh, ground coffee to cup. Yeah, life life changer. Uh, Massive life changer. It's like a dishwasher, life changing. It really is. Yeah. Uh, at the minute, one of my favourites is Kenyan AA. Like it's a top of ground coffee you can get from uh, Waitrose. <laughs> <laughs> not from Kenya, uh, from Waitrose, yeah. Yeah, not not from Kenya. It's hard to see the Waitrose's own own fields. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I really like Kenyan coffee, and I like Colombian as well. Um, yeah, it's a fave. Yeah. Okay, what's your favourite city that you've been to? Well, that's a tough one. Um, 
there's so many is that's really difficult uh i loved rome i think rome is a, oh, a really beautiful nice city. yeah um again loads of history so much to see there um if i <laughs> i know this is supposed to be a one question on a, a, a one answer question it is uh, yeah but go on I, I also really loved miami in america oh yeah loved miami. uh so yeah, like European side, I'd say probably Rome is my favourite. Okay. Uh, what is the, I don't know if you've done many, but what is your favourite trek or walk, if you like, that you've done? Oh, I don't think I've actually done many treks now thinking about it. Um, I guess that the closest one you can get is that one we did in Angkor Wat. And that was, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was enjoyable. It's a heck of a day. I mean, it was easy. Yeah, you see so yeah. many other temples, not just that yeah, yeah. one. You can't. So many other things to see. Some people go for three days because they want to see it all, but I found six, seven hours enough for me. Well, you can do it. It's a bit of overkill if you go, if you go for too long, isn't it? No. Um, okay. I don't really like asking this question. I'm going to ask anyway. Your favourite country is too, is too hard, but if it's a clump or a country you've been together, what one that you choose that would top the list that you've been to? Oh, uh... God, that, yeah, that's really difficult. Um, I loved, I loved Israel. I, I'd say so far that's probably been my top top location. Just there's so much to see, uh, yeah. and it's only like a small country, but there is so much to see there. Great, love that. Favorite party place? Uh, in terms of where I've been, I'd say the best party we had was probably. Hmm, I'd say Halong Bay. That was so... I know it's not yeah. a party place, but the party we had there, it was so much fun. We were on a castaway tour there. Uh, two nights and three days. Party Central. It is. Halong Bay. Um, Favourite landmark? Um, is this one of like places that I've actually seen? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or you can do one that you've seen and that you one you'd like to go to. What I'd like to go to is uh, Cristo Redeemer in uh, oh, in Rio. Rio. I'd love to just, just oh, to yeah. see that's up there. Iconic. I'd love yeah. to go to there. Um, and also, I'd say that tied in up with like, the Grand Canyon. I'd love to see the Grand Canyon oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what I have been, uh, the Colosseum is pretty amazing seeing that. Of course. Yeah, I'd love to go there. So like, everyone knows what it looks like. And actually, to see it, you're like, okay, yeah, that was amazing. But um, the Alhambra in Granada, beautiful. I'd recommend oh, that as well. Nice. Okay. Uh, what is your favourite cuisine or food? Uh, so before I went to Israel, I'd say Italian food was probably one of my favourite. Yeah. In, in roots. It's in your roots. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When you go to Italy, of course, it's just it's the best in Italy. They know of what course. they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, went to, I went to India the other day and I had Indian food, but it wasn't as good as own. Right, okay, yeah, mate, whatever. It's not like having a curry in uh, Brick Lane. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say that and Middle Eastern. Yeah, they're, they're both oh, yeah. my top cuisine, I'd say. Okay. What's your favourite um, activity you've done? Um, it's a bit broad, that. Uh, I'm going sort of along, along the lines here of maybe like a adrenaline rush or, you know, that one thing. Wow, that was, that was cool. Um... Cool. So when uh, when we were in Halambo, we actually did like the proper tubing, not like 
yeah down a river like the, the kind of the ringo thing that was quite good fun that was a bit of a rush the first time we did it um but oh also did some rock climbing in halon bay that was uh yeah i didn't do rock climbing home but some people did do some of that and nav sailing actually on the island yeah we, we did uh, that, that was... i wish i was a bit more braver and done that but yeah that, that looks pretty cool um yeah and the, actually last summer we did when we were in uh santorini we did paragliding for the first time oh it's on the list it's top three list i was gonna do it in yeah. india but i didn't do it in the end but paragliding yeah really nice like yeah. i didn't feel scared at all like it was a bit of a when you the kind of the thought about it was a bit more scary than the actual mm-hmm. thing but once you're up in the sky it was actually really nice yeah it's like i'm personally i'm not i love heights like, i'm not afraid of them so i would do like skydives paragliding hang gliding the whole lot um but anything in water i'm shitting myself what about if you'd choose a country, uh, I'm easy here that you've been to or not been to that you'd live in. Oh, it's a bit of a cop out, but I would easily live in the United States. I know they've got problems oh, yeah. with healthcare and stuff, but uh, I, I could easily live there. I mean, the lifestyle isn't too dissimilar from ours. Um, yeah. So much to see. Like, exactly, the US have it is, all. They it's do. I, I, I felt like I could have given America so many of those answers because it's you know it is almost like it, its own constant in one country there's so yeah. many things to see and although i've been three or four times i've you know you feel like you haven't really seen that much at all no it's that's why we want to do a road trip there because like you say if you want to have like that island break or hawaii or the florida keys that there's your go-to if you want skiing i know colorado montana i'm sure you get that there if you want to do some horseback riding go to kansas if you want to go see a ranch go to texas like you want to see some proper old culture go to the East Coast, like a new, it's just so much to see. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, what is your favourite lake that you've seen? Um, one that sticks out, uh, well, technically the Dead Sea is a lake. Yeah, okay, I, fair enough. I was going to say, and or sea. That was most impressive, I think, seeing yeah. that. And yeah, like, I can understand I that. With all the kind of the fanfare that goes with it, that was, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Okay, got two more left. Uh, the country that you've been to that's best value for money? Uh, I'd say Vietnam or, or, or Thailand, one of them. You know, yeah. it is very cheap, but actually it doesn't It doesn't mean that it's not very good quality. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say value for money, but the trip out there, I mean, I was a broke student when I went. Yeah, and still go. <laughs> I think I had about 400 quid and that lasted me for about six weeks. <laughs> that is unreal. That's, that's even better. Well done there. Unreal. And the last question is uh, why do you travel or why should you go traveling? What would be your answer to that? Oh, there's just so much to see. There's so much of the, of the world to see. Um, and I actually really love experiencing new cultures. I know it's a very, very cliched answer, but it needs to be said. It's so under, like, it's underappreciated, I think, when you see these different it actually it makes it widens your awareness as well i think and i think it makes you know without wanting to make this sound like some kind of miss america passion it kind of it makes you a better person when you can understand like yeah. other cultures so mm-hmm. I, if it's up to me i would you know i would travel all the time i love it absolutely love it love that big fan of that okay thanks for those questions we're approaching the end now so uh, I just want to say thanks for coming along. It's been an absolute ride. Um, and we normally finish with a quote. I probably didn't actually ask you to prepare a quote, but I've got one for 
to finish the episode in. Uh, I just want to tell people that they can check this out on all types of platforms. They can go to my website, janeshammond.org, where I have links to various platforms for my, for my podcast. Um, the most popular minute is Spotify, so uh, I'm on there and Google. Uh, I plan to be on iTunes next couple of weeks, and I think I might go on Amazon as well. All right, I'll get them all. Um, so yeah, check in for that. Also, I've got my newsletter sign up. You can sign up on my, on my website uh, on the homepage. I do some bi-weekly, twice-weekly stuff about random stuff that comes into my head. I'll also be doing a summary of this chat on YouTube. Um, I'm going to chuck in some clips. Some photos and some reactions oh. to it. I might, I might get Osborne's reaction on that as well. So uh, I've not done much on YouTube yet, so keep an eye on for that. Um, it's just James Hammond Travel on YouTube. Um, I'll put a link in my website. Also check out my Instagram account, James Hammond Travel. Uh, I post daily on there about various places I've been to, what's coming up and what's next and what is to come. So Thomas, thanks very much for coming in. Uh, my quote to finish is a travel quote, of course, and it's by Paula Bendfeld, which I um, researched about five minutes ago when you were talking because I didn't have one ready. And it's... Oh, Paula. <laughs> Paula it says this, I don't know who she is. But travel opens your heart, broadens your mind, and fills your life with stories to tell. That's maybe another reason why, linked to yours, why you should go travelling, right? Well, Paula knew what she's talking about. Give her that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, have you got any final words of wisdom before we depart? Uh, God, I can't think of anything now. I'll probably kick myself when... Uh... When we finish, because obviously I'm full of wise words. But... We'll do it again, 100% down the line. <laughs> There'll be another... part two and three. Um, okay, cool. Thanks for ch- uh, coming in and uh, coming in. Well, coming online. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would have been person. My dining room table. It was a <laughs> long time. I actually put that down for Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, look forward to summarizing this and getting it out there. I might even do, I think we're going for like nearly two hours, so I might just do like a part one and two of this episode and release it midweek. We've, 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 uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've covered quite a lot in, uh, I looked at the time, I didn't realise how, I think we've been going two and a half hours now. So that's, yeah, uh, so I'm going to have to do it in two separate um, parts, um, which is fine. Um, it's quite a long one for someone to, uh, to digest, I guess, yeah. in one sit. <laughs> yeah, um, not helped by the breaks of laughter. But anyway, yeah, thanks for coming on. I'll catch you soon. Pleasure. See you in the dance sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> Ciao.